0: الحمد لله وكفى وسنام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهديهم سبلنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المصممين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلِّ على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد بأبرك وسلم اللهم صلِّ على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد بأبرك وسلم Allahumma There is a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu and it's narrated in Sahih Bukhari. And it's a hadith that perhaps most of us, if not all of us, have heard before. And in that hadith, the Prophet sallallahu identifies for us. <coughs> Seven types of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shade on that day uh, in which there is no shade but His shade. Right, it's a hadith of the Prophet On the Day of Judgment, which we spoke a little bit about in the last session, it will be such a difficult day And it'll be a day of intense heat and intense sunshine. And people will be scrambling for shade on that day, any kind of shade that they could find. But unlike this current world, where there's many places to take shade, we're taking shade at the present moment, in fact, there's... Trees, there's roofs, there's ceilings, there's cars, there's homes, there's buildings, there's mountains to take shade in, or shade under. But on the Day of Judgment, there will be no shade except the shade of Allah Ta'ala. And for the believer, when we hear that there's a possibility to be shaded on that day, our ears perk up. And we strive to become at least from amongst one of those seven types of people. And the last individual, or the last person that the Prophet mentions in this hadith, he says that the person who in their solitude or in their seclusion remembers Allah and then sheds a tear or sheds tears. The person who remembers Allah when they are by themselves and they shed a tear or they shed tears, this person will be shaded by Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment in His shade. Now It's very interesting. We learn a couple of things from this part of the hadith. The first thing that we learn is that it takes a moment of remembrance of Allah Ta'ala to be accepted by Allah. It takes a moment To be accepted by Allah Now we've been spending the last You know, 24, 30 hours or so Talking about The abundant dhikr of Allah And the abundant remembrance of Allah And all of the various benefits That are associated with this And It would only be natural to think that I have a lot of work to do I have a lot of work to do Meaning, I need to be someone who's regular in my dhikr. I need to be someone who's consistent in my dhikr. I need to be someone who's spending hours in my dhikr. I need to be someone who is uh, reflecting upon my dhikr the way that Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, is reflected on his dhikr. Or Imam Ghazad rahimahullah, is reflected on his dhikr. These are the thoughts that would come to mind, right? I mean, how else would I be able to... to, to, These are such lofty goals that I've set for myself. It would only make sense that in the back of our mind we're thinking that, wow, I have a lot of work to do. But that's us looking at dhikr from the standpoint of quantity. But dhikr is better looked at from the perspective of quality. And we see that from this hadith. That this servant of Allah is by himself or by herself. No one's around. And they remember Allah And they shed a tear because they remember Allah. And as a result of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that servant. One moment in the remembrance of Allah is enough to change, to, to make our hereafter for us. One moment in the remembrance of Allah is enough to make our hereafter for us. It isn't necessary, it's obviously important, but it isn't necessary that we... Dedicate the next twenty years of our life to Allah's remembrance in terms of you know uh, consistency and in terms of total quantity. There's benefit in that. There's no doubt about it. But it's not absolutely necessary. What is necessary is that there are times in our lives that we remember Allah Taala and we remember Allah Taala to such an extent that it causes a tear to shed from our eye. And if that happens, Allah Ta'ala accepts you. If that happens, Allah Ta'ala accepts us. It's very simple. It's very simple. So that's the first thing that we learn from this hadith. And The second thing that we learn is that the ability to remember Allah Ta'ala even for just a moment, it's more valuable than any of the treasures in this world. Having the ability or the tawfiq to be able to reflect upon Allah's greatness or to just simply make mention of or to remember Allah is greater than any of the treasures in this world. Any of the things that people are seeking in this world, they're all just passing. They're all fleeting. But one moment in the remembrance of Allah can make or break our hereafter. after it's greater than any of the treasures of, the here, of this world. Now, what's very interesting about this hadith is the Prophet ﷺ says that this believer remembered Allah and then that believer shed a tear. Why would you shed a tear simply by remembering Allah? What, what would cause you to shed a tear out of your remembering Allah Ta'ala? Why would you do it? Right? Why? We'd do it if we understood the magnificence of Allah. We would do it if we understood the greatness of Allah. Being able to reflect or remember Allah Ta'ala is such a blessing and It would only make sense that by we're thinking about him that we would cry. Now, sometimes we think about Allah Ta'ala because of something wrong that we've done. And then we turn to Allah and we remember Allah. Maybe we shed a tear for that reason. Sometimes we're grateful to Allah. Maybe Allah Ta'ala granted us something that we weren't expecting at all. And so then we shed a tear to Allah for that purpose. But have we ever simply shed a tear remembering Allah because He allowed us to remember Him? Have we ever shed a tear or have we ever thought about this? that Allah Ta'ala allowed me to remember him. This is incredible. This is incredible. If it was up to me to if it was in my own if it was up to my own at my own discretion, I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. Right? I mean, how many millions of people around us are living in the world just like we're living? They're breathing the same air that we're breathing. They're wearing the same uh, you know, clothing overall that we're wearing they're driving the same cars that we're driving and yet they have not been given the tawfiq they have not been given the ability to remember Allah for even a single moment of their life so when you reflect upon this it makes sense, why wouldn't you be awestruck by the ability to remember Allah now when we're talking about the remembrance of Allah and the dhikr of Allah, this has to occur in the context of Allah Ta'ala being our friend. This has to occur in the context of Allah Ta'ala being our friend. And we don't think about it in this way. You know, I, we alluded to this earlier, but uh, Allah Ta'ala truly is our protecting friend. And we should reach a point of comfort with Allah Ta'ala such that we're able to converse with him the way, I mean, not in the exact way, but in, in a manner such that he is our friend for us. You know, when we think about performing the dhikr of Allah, we think about it as, number one, it has to be in a different language. When we think about the dhikr of Allah, you know, we think about it as being, it has to be from read from a book. We think about it as it has to be recited as something that comes straight from hadith alone. But the dhikr of Allah could simply be having a conversation with Allah. It's as simple as that. And what an amazing experience that is to be able to converse with Allah, to have that ability to be able to speak to Allah. Look at how different Allah is than us, right? There's nothing that compares. There's no quality or characteristic that I possess that Allah Ta'ala possesses as well. There's nothing, there's nothing, There's the the two, we two aren't alike in any way, shape or form. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran that there's nothing like him. So when two things are that incompatible with each other, there shouldn't be a way to connect or speak to one another. Or at least the lower end shouldn't be able to speak to the higher end, right? It's just not possible. It's, It's not supposed to be possible. Yeah, Allah Ta'ala has given us that ability to converse with Him. That if we were to just sit down and, or lie down in bed and just say, Ya Allah, I, uh, I just wanted to thank you. That's it. We've now performed the dhikr of Allah and now we've expressed something to Allah the way we would express something to someone that we loved very dearly. So we have to go beyond you know, rote memorization and then, and, then, and, then, and then presentation. It has to come from within. It has to be a conversation. We have to reach a point of comfort with Allah Ta'ala such that we're able to share with Him whatever we want to share. The stuff that we would share with our closest friend in this world, we should share even more with Allah Ta'ala. Something as simple as a struggle that we have, right? I mean, bring it to the attention of Allah. What's the use of complaining to the rest of the world? Bring it to Allah's attention When you're by yourself that, Ya Allah, I've been struggling with this issue I just wanted to let you know I just wanted to bring this forth Ya Allah, I am in need of this Ya Allah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even, even going to ask you I just wanted to let you know, Ya Allah That I need this And you know better than myself If, I'm, if, if I should actually receive this or not Ya Allah, I just wanted to let you know Or simply something as simple as, Ya Allah, I realized um, over the course of this weekend that, um, that I'm indebted to you, and Ya Allah, I just wanted to say thank you. Have we ever just frankly spoken to Allah and said to Allah, Ya Allah, thank you? Or have we ever just slipped up and turned to Allah and said to Allah, Ya Allah, I'm sorry. And you know, why isn't that? Why isn't it that we can have this conversation, or something as simple as, Ya Allah, I love you. I have nothing else to say at this point in time. I just wanted to tell you. That I love you. What is it that's holding us back? Why isn't it that we can open up to our Lord in this way? Why isn't it that we can make mention of Allah in this way? And when you learn to have these, when when the you know when you initially meet someone like a close friend, let's say your spouse, for instance, right, the first day or the first few days of getting married. There's a little bit of awkwardness, right? You don't feel comfortable saying I love you. You don't even feel comfortable saying thank you or, you know, there's a little bit of awkwardness. But it, but the more you get to know each other and the more you spend time with one another, the more that becomes more comfortable. Same with a friend, right? The first time you meet someone, you're not going to share these intimate feelings and emotions with them. You're not going to be frank with them. You're going to be very reserved. You're going to, you know, be very formal. You're going to use for, formal terminology, proper, you know, English, etc., but then the more you get to know them and the more you realize how uh, the, the affinity that you have with them, the more you open up, the awkwardness disappears. And then you can have a, 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 a very open conversation or you can openly express your internal state or your internal desires or your internal emotions to them. And the reason that we haven't been able to do it with Allah yet is because we haven't gotten past that yet. We're stuck at, I just know that there isn't Allah we haven't moved to, well, let me see how well I can develop this relationship with my Lord. But it would be, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a travesty. If we go through this world and we reach certain a certain age and we aren't able to have this intimate conversation with our creator, we should be able to have an intimate conversation with our creator. It takes time. Right? I mean, but it doesn't take that much time. So all of us should think about zikr in this way. That look, we have our routines, we have expectations of how much we're going to perform. But the goal should be that I feel so comfortable with my Allah that I can bring anything to the attention of my Creator. I can bring any conversation to the attention of my Creator. I can bring any need directly to my Allah. I can complain to my Allah, right, about some complaint that I have about myself. I can express my gratitude to Allah in the words that I feel are most befitting, in the words that I feel most comfortable with. I can apologize to my Allah in the way that I would feel most comfortable apologizing to my Allah. I can feel comfortable when I'm by myself and no one else is watching, I can feel comfortable remembering my Allah and then offering a tear to my Lord. This is what we learn from this hadith. That number one, it takes but a moment to be accepted by Allah. To be to be to receive the shade of Allah on the day of judgment is no, is is a big deal. Right? It's no small thing. And if that can occur from a moment of remembering Allah and shedding a tear, that's incredible. And secondly, that the tawfiq or the ability to remember Allah Ta'ala in this world is better than anything else that this world contains. And the quality of our interaction with Allah is just as important, if not, far, if not more important, than our quality, quantity of interaction with Allah. So may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to uh, uh, to to remember him remember him abundantly may allah ta'ala make us from amongst uh, those that are shaded from uh, his shade, shaded by his shade on the day of judgment and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allow us to benefit from all of the teachings and wisdoms that are contained within the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa akhiru daman alhamdulillah rabbil alamin